Hi, wet tripod. Say something so it looks like the three of us. And Greg Wire and Dan Beeston are smart enough to know better. You know it. Oh, um, do you know sometimes when you're in the car and your phone's going to ring? Yes. And you get... Yeah, the weird pips come yes. through. Yes. Because uh, it's mobile phone in- interference. Mm-hmm. So it's the handset uh, and the shower. Shaking hands. Shaking hands. And oh, they, hello, hello. they throw out an enormous amount of radiation and such mm. in order to... Well... Not enormous. An enormous uh, amount of... Um, compared to what it normally throws out. Yeah. Yeah, a signal. It puts a stronger signal Stronger signal out. Let's radiation get, sounds more terrifying. And, and, and also enormous amounts of radiation right yeah. at my groin level. It's radiating yes, a transmission. Yes, yes. yes. You know, hey, we've got to sex this up. It's got to be more like Fox News. Right. Um, (laughs) So it's radiating these radiate. Lord Lord Moncton said exactly what you just said then. Lord Moncton went, Australia needs a Fox News like like affiliate, a news affiliate that they can start spouting. Well, oops, wait, hang on, have a more conservative right wing appeal. Maybe you could be that guy. Isn't that what the Courier Mail's for? Oh, wow. Lord Moncton looks like a guppy. His eyes, he looks like a fish. I see. It's true, but yes. Mm. Uh, smart, enough, smart enough to be more conservative? I don't know. Hey, go on. The pips occur on your radio mm-hmm. because they're picking up the huge fluctuations in signal. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you heard them? Uh, I thought recently. I thought in the car. I, I've picked up. I've picked up my phone. Not that I was driving the car, but I was sitting in a car and my phone pinged and I picked it up and then it started ringing. I'm sure that happened recently within the last couple of months or have i just gone mad possibly you were in the outback or away from a big city oh okay because uh from all the research that i've done you don't get those interference signals with the 3g network oh you only get it with the edge network which is a different system old system yeah okay maybe it was billa wheeler now, I was like, why is this happening? And I hmm. did some research. I couldn't quite figure it out. And I came up with this theory that it's the uh, the bandwidth, the, the particular part of the bandwidth. Mm. So it's like 800 megahertz okay. that the edge works on, mm-hmm. and it's 2100 megahertz that the 3G works on, mm-hmm. and the FM bandwidth, so the stuff that's designed to pick up a signal, is down at the 80 kilohertz range or so kilohertz okay yes kilo kilo that's, that's pretty different to megahertz no hang on megahertz uh, but 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 the uh, the edge is closer to the fm than the 3g is right and I went, oh okay and then i did a bit more research and realized that's not true at all <laughs> these the bandwidth moves shifts all over the spectrum all over the world yeah so right. different oh, okay. different countries use different sure. spectrums for different stuff and yeah. telstra's different from optus yes. and such. doesn't it just swamp are you, are you asking why your radio will ping in the car when you're used to is that what you're asking um, what I'm asking is why doesn't it with the 3G? Oh, I because see. Because the edge network... Because the, no, the radio channels are nowhere near the... It's nothing to do with the radio channels. Oh, okay. It's actually affecting the speaker. Oh, so, right. So it's not picking up through the crystal in your radio. No, no. It's electromagnetically interfering with, with the, the speaker. With the speaker itself. But the 3G huh. doesn't do it. Now, I did some more research. I cannot find out what the difference between edge and 3G is that 3G won't give you the interference pips it's it'll have to do with frequency and because v equals f lambda so velocity equals f lambda v equals c in this case speed of light so c forget the c they're always trying to speed of light so f lambda the, the more you change the the wavelength which is what you're talking about changing on the no 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 the frequency but it side, doesn't the changes the it must one if, if you're changing the frequency you have to change the wavelength you have to that's physics 
But it, but that, that's the thing. Sometimes the edge network is on the same frequency as the 3G is in another country. Right, and that still won't ping. It's not the, the, it, the 3G doesn't ping, so is it's it, working differently to it, shake it, hands. I think is it resonating? Diff- like, is there a, 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 enough energy to make the signal or interferes with magnetic? Because speakers are, are active speakers; they're a magnetic field. That's how they, it, it makes the magnetic mm. field which vibrates the the drum, mm. and therefore your sound. But if it's only if it's on or like interference in that way? I don't know. Ooh. I was hoping that someone in our audience either knows something or knows someone who might know mm. and will get back to me because I'm quite fascinated with this and I spent an hour and a half this morning trying desperately to track down the reason and it, I could not easily find it on the internet. Interesting. Okay, no, definitely get in contact with us, ladies and gentlemen. We need to know these sort of things. The other one connected to that, I had this other experience with mobile phones again and people, are, psychologists are looking into this. There are times when I'm walking down the street i don't have my phone on ringing it just vibrates i don't a lot of the time i'm in places where i don't want it people don't need, need to hear my phone ring you just don't like taking calls uh, well either way you have to take them but it's the sound is true by the way uh, <laughs> the sound the sound doesn't need to ring i can feel it vibrate therefore i can answer it or choose not to answer it but it doesn't need to make a noise yep so i'm walking down the street and i would say that i've heard i felt it vibrate in on against my thigh I've yes taking the phone out and going oh it didn't hasn't Check it. No, no, no emails, no tweets, no text messages, mm-hmm. messages, phone, nothing. But nothing did nothing. But weird. Kept going. Later on, does it again? Wait, nothing again. And this has happened enough times where I've gone, that's odd, and thought about it, and that's odd. But I, it always left my mind after. Hey, that's that's called phantom ringer syndrome. And that's been checked into. It's now. a medical condition. Well, a psychological. No, they condition. don't know. This is the question. They're not too sure. There's a big argument at the moment of whether or not it is. You just think that, um, that there's an idea that your brain just goes. Hey, your phone has ring rung for a while, and it gives you the sensation it's it's buzzing. Yeah. But some people are saying no, it's actually stimulating surface nerves, and and the radiation or the signal is actually stimulating a surface nerve, which makes your flesh twitch, twitch, and you actually vibrate your your flesh. Now it seems a bit odd to me when I read that. I went, that's convenient that it, that it vibrates the same exactly sensation. the sensation as it doesn't like burn me. It's just like yeah. and it doesn't run for ages. No, no, buzzing. It just, it just, it just goes. <laughs> And then you, oh, it's like my phone goes. So yeah. seems, to me, that's like a you fit of medical reason else, but I don't know. It's being looked into. Unfortunately, once again, I can't answer that question. I have looked into it. It's being researched at the moment. If you know, then you are probably lying because no one actually knows yet. But I know. <laughs> one of our listeners, one of our listeners, a man by the name of Alan Lawrence. Yeah, that's a made-up name. Made-up, fake name. <laughs> Uh, he sent us an email. You should name your fake son that. You shouldn't call him Jason. He should be Alan Lawrence La- Beeston. Or Lawrence Allen Beeston. Lawrence Allen Beeston. Oh, okay, Jason died. Oh, God. That's the second one that died already in the space of an hour. So, so you want me to rename Jason Beeston to Alan Lawrence Beeston? I, I just heard a name. I'm, I'm going to say it nearly every name. But uh, you picked the name. I do your... like the name Alan. But it, you, you, you had to pick it eight years ago. Yeah. So it's a bit late now. Yeah, too late. Fictional, no, too, you have to give yeah. eight fictional years. No, I, I love my child, Jason. I would never think of changing his name on a whim. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, that's, what they, that's what parents say, what right? If, what happens if parents I, love I, their Net, kids. What if I, I Net would give you money to change his name on oh, a whim? In a heartbeat. <laughs> he, would be, he would be I, I Net Special Offer SIM Card Beeston. <laughs> he sent us this curious... A YouTube video mm. of this girl who you give her any word and she can say it backwards. Weird. <laughs> Snack center. Retinac scans. American flag. Yalf Nakarima. Australia. Aalort Sua. Antarctica. Catnat Redneck. Russia. Asia. Asia. Lord. 
Fluorescent. <laughs> Fluorescent. Texarov. Asia. Aeza. Now, That's he, a really weird ability. It, it is a weird That's ability. That's really odd. Now, we've been doing a little bit of research into brains and how they get hotwired or mm -hmm. used to different things. Like, mm. for instance, we were talking about left-handed people. Yes, sinister people. Sinister people, they don't tap into the the speech centre of the brain as effectively as right-handed uh, people. yes. And so we were consi considering that maybe they are more creative with their language because they're tapping into a part mm. of the brain that isn't designed for language, well, but that, well, uh, designed, <laughs> that isn't for language, mm -hmm. but is being but uh, repurposed is, for it. It, it, is, it is obviously is for language, because it is doing language, but it's... it's yes, yes, yes. Well, all of language is sort of yes. pasted on the top of basic brain functions. Yes. There are a number of these people who can speak backwards. Mm -hmm. I've seen videos of people having entire conversations with each other backwards. Wow. Because they, they finally, they met each other. They found each other through their ability and were able to actually talk to each other backwards and understand each other backwards. So that's different again. So, because that's, to me, that's, just be able to listen to something and then play it backwards in your head and mm. say it backwards, that's a different thing to do hearing someone else speak backwards because that means they could speak back. I suppose, actually, if you can put anything backwards, you can hear someone speaking backwards in your brain, translate it forwards, mm. and then take your words and translate them backwards and say them. So they can, but mm. are, they, are they doing that, I wonder? Is it, are yeah. they translating and, each other? And, and, and is it a type of synesthesia where they can picture the words in their head or the sounds in their head mm. as, as some sort of object and just resort them back to front? Maybe. I see what you're saying, but I don't know if synesthesia... Well, the right there's a thing called dyslexia. Yes. Which means That's that... That's not synesthesia, though. No, but I wonder if it's related because uh, dyslexia is when you can't concentrate on a progression from the beginning to the end of something. Mm. So in your head, it's sort of everything all at the same but time. It's as when, you, when your one sense starts being mixed up with other senses. Yes. Well, that's what yes. I'm wondering, whether whether they're seeing the sounds and that makes it easier to recombine I, or whether they're... I don't know. I think we're jumping to a big I, it is. It is, a, it is a big it's, jump. Surely someone would have said something about that, of I see these sounds. I just did say that. No, no, no. What I mean is, as in the people who actually have this ability would say, I see the sounds and transform them. It, it, it's, I'd it's, love to interview one. Yes. If you know someone who can speak backwards, it could be this, it could be this, well, it could be Anything. Yeah, it could be, but but it doesn't. Could be anything. It doesn't. Jumping to synesthesia is a really big jump for me. That's, All right. that's a very All specific right. thing. Of... Let's go back to dyslexia, though. Okay. Because they hear all the words in the sentence at the same time, mm. and they try to write them all at the same time. And so putting them into the order that they're supposed to be in is is difficult is that, for them. I just say this. I, I know a friend of mine is dyslexic, and he hasn't got a problem with orders of words. He just can't spell. So his spelling is atrocious, but his, his grammar is... Correct. Oh, all right. So I don't. I'm once again, I'm not too sure. Maybe there are probably levels of d dyslexia. Mm. But he's. You, you read. You look at what he's written, and it's all jumbled. But it's not jumbled. It doesn't say, "I saw a cat." It doesn't have "cat saw I a." You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it doesn't have that, not that sort of job. Oh, this is how I understood that certain forms of dyslexia oh, okay. occurred. Yep. And I was, I was doing computer graphics and I had digital puppets mm. and you have to wire up the puppet. So you've got your creature and then you move its thigh and then you move the joint at its knee and then you move the joint at the ankle and then the toes. And so you work in a way that's called kinetic movement. Right. So starting at the, the big joints and moving down to the little joints. Mm -hmm. But what you want to do is have something called inverse kinematics, which means that you can grab the foot and move the foot and everything will follow it. Right. So you've kind of right. got to rig your, your puppets up so that you move the foot and the rest of the puppet follows and puts its weight in the right position. Without you position. thinking about it, it just does it. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you just move the extremities, you, mm. and you can you can move and animate these creatures from a more human point of view. Of mm. I want my hands to be there rather than moving each part of the body. Sure. Now it's a bit tricky. It takes a while to get the hang of because you're, you're working your way down the leg and then you're working your way back up the leg to try to mm. get it all attached. This guy was a genius at rigging these things, mm. and I said, "How do you?" Like, how do you do it? Like, how do you start there and go to there and go to there and go to there and come back? He said, no, I just, I can see it all at the same time. And it all works together in a fluid way. So he he was able to Hmm. get all of that information and work with that information in parallel rather than step by step. Hmm, Okay. That ties into something else that I was looking at. You actually live about 80 milliseconds in the past. Hmm. Your brain is not, you're not looking, like, when I say now, dear listener... You didn't hear that then. You you heard that 80 milliseconds in the past. From the moment I said, now. That was 80, actually 80 milliseconds ago. And the that's because you're... Say body, it faster. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, it's always 80 milliseconds in the past. Plus or minus a little bit, but it's roughly... Actually, the taller you are, the less, the longer that number is, and the shorter you are, the shorter that number is, which is a bit weird, but we'll get to that. If you have two experiences on your body that are in your frame of reference happen at the same time, someone taps you on the head and someone taps you on the toe at exactly the same time, your body, even though the signal from the, your head is shorter to your brain, like it's a very short signal path for it to get to, and up your leg is a longer signal path, you should probably, though it'd be ridiculously fast, mm-hmm. it would still be a delay between those two signals. So your brain isn't grabbing one signal and going, yes, you can feel a head tap. Oh, and now you can hear, feel a leg tap. It knows it's being tapped at the same time. What it seems to be doing is taking almost like saying you're taking 80 millisecond screen grabs of what the body's doing. So the, the brain goes, gimme, 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 gimme. It, it puts everything together and it says, okay, this will happen at once. 80 milliseconds, go. <laughs> and then it goes, that'll happen at once. And then it'll happen at once. And then it'll happen at once. And this will happen at once. And that's what it's doing. It, it's, wow. So it's, it's like a refresh rate. Yes, yes. You, you, in that, my brain. And, and, it, and it, your brain waits about 80 milliseconds before saying, that's reality. Because it has to put all the information together and what you're feeling and thinking and observing and memory. It all gets 80, 80 milliseconds. Bam, bam, bam. The taller you are, why it's longer. If you're, you're taller than me. Yep. So if someone taps you on the head and the toe, it, you have longer distance for your signal to travel. So therefore it takes longer. Your brain has to wait to collect a longer everything. time to collect from your bottom of your feet. So based on that, I would suppose that the people in the world who are best at playing fighting games, mm-hmm. like Street Fighter, would be shorter people. Why is that? Because they'd be one or two milliseconds faster, have faster reactions than tall people who had... Well, it all depends on using their feet to fight. If you're just getting a signal from your... Oh, no, I see what you mean. Even though you're only playing from your hands, you still have to wait for the signals from your feet to come up and join together. So very, very, very short people should have faster reactions. And also, the signal from their head would go to their hands faster. If their arms weren't the same... If they're the same length arms, then no. No, 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 but taller people tend to have longer arms, well, yes, don't they? Yes. So, but remember, it's, that's, it's got the two different it. things yes. going on. It's like an envelope. Your, so your envelope of, of reality, so my, me being, what, three or four inches shorter than you, yeah. my, let's say mine is 80 milliseconds. Yours might be 81 or 82 milliseconds because mm. yours just takes a little bit longer than mine. I, I knew a man who had his legs amputated. Mm. Would his speed up? I don't think so. Uh. I don't think so. B- because his body would still have a m- memory map of what his legs were. Unless it's just, oh, unless it's yeah. Because you still get phantom pains. Well, yeah. you can. Well, what if you... Could you get your brain to stop listening to your legs to speed that up? Because people playing video games... Once again, I think it's... Could you do that? Actually, maybe you Is could. Is it hardwired? Maybe. That's, that's, I think I'm assuming it's, it's just the body has to wait for all the signals to come in, and it knows how long it takes these signals. But then again, maybe if you got shorter, if you were amputated bit by bit, and your body got used to being shorter and shorter and shorter, 
maybe that would actually speed up your reaction time because it was, oh, I'm now shorter. Things now take a shorter period of time. Yeah, I don't know. Matt's, uh, That's anyway. a lot of dedication to uh, <laughs> Street Fighter 4. And just to get a shave off a millisecond. But yes, you live about 80 milliseconds in the past. You know, I've had that tested. I can't, I'm one of the 5% that have difficulty being hypnotised. Really? Yeah. I get the feeling that I would be right up the other end. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean smart or clever or dumb or mm. just anything. It's, they just go, I did it at university for psych, the, one of the tests. They said 90% of people, um, average hypnotizers. Yep. 5% of people, they, they what? The brain goes, hey, what? What's going on? Hey, what? You know, hey. And 5% of people are, yes, whatever. Like that's, and that's, that's the people they want to get off on stage. I very easily pick up on, on stuff. Like just, if I tend to come out of like action films and be like, I reckon I can. Yeah. Like, I wonder yes. whether that is a, is a is a signal of it or yeah, something. But at the same time, uh, I, I do register hoaxes and stuff. I don't think it's got, I don't think it's got the same part of the brain. But yeah, yeah. I don't think hypnosis thing. Just how much you're willing to let yourself do something. You know, as in a lot of hypnosis, like be a chicken, whatever. It's not that you're. It's like in, like being drunk. It's like your inhibitions drop down. Mm. It's not. It's not about taking control of your mind. You you won't do anything you wouldn't normally be able to do. That's that's the big feeling of like you're not going to suddenly gain super strength or you know the ability to the one they show you they all oh, hypnosis changing your body when they hypnotize you and they put a, two tables under your front and uh, your legs under your head and you you keep yourself mm. rigid and the funny thing about that is most people can actually do that it's not that hard to do so it's something you might not have thought about it before but someone hypnotizes you and says you can do this thing now and you go oh, obviously I can my inhibitions are gone so instead of going I can't do it and not trying yeah. you just go and do it. It's and they hold you up, you know, longer than, than they want. Yeah. Well, the um the amount of energy inside the human body is crazy. Like you can lift cars and stuff, but it's got what? all these. Well, yeah. Uh, what? Well, what? Um, like you say, you sort of say, oh, I could lift, you know, a sixty kilogram yeah. item if I really needed to. Mm. A lot of your body is restricting you from doing that because you're gonna f- stuff up. Oh, I see. So there are all these in- yeah. inhibitions of your of physically mm. where if so you don't you, damage yourself. Yeah, if you were a, if you were like uh. a, a, an alien parasite that just came in and looked at all the hardware and just went, what happens if I do this? Yeah, you could like lift re- really, yeah. really not, heavy things, but not like 800 kilograms heavy. Um, that's I mean I, I know what you mean. You, I think you were dropping. There, there are stories about people with these huge adrenaline surges uh, saving kids and stuff, saving their kitties. Yeah. From, I don't think that's all been proven to be a bit. Mm, yeah, it's never been documented. Oh, okay. That's that's like I suppose what that's what this podcast is all yeah, about. Yeah. So I, look, I, I agree that if if you could lift a hundred kgs, my guess would be you could probably and, and you didn't care about rapturing your muscles, you could probably lift hundred and eighty kg or something like that, which is mm. yeah, amazing, nearly hundred percent extra. That'd be that's a guess based on nothing. That would be in my mind. Oh yeah, that'd be possible because you'd tear limbs and ligaments. But in the end, there's got to be some stress load but that your tendons just go, no snap. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, and you do see it in with sportsmen, yes, occasionally, yes, like, yes, or yeah. like uh, 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 weightlifters base, and baseballers will just pop their like suddenly mm. their, their arms will just shatter because they're putting all this torque force on it. Ugh. Ugh, horrible stuff. Yeah, that's right. Well, they, they, yeah, weightlifters do that with lift things up and their knees give way. Yeah. She was an orange and white cat. She just turned up one day, growling at the door. She seemed hungry, so I let her in and gave her some meat that had been sitting in the fridge for just a bit too long. 
She had no collar, so I took a picture of her and posted a notice up around the neighbourhood. Each week passed, and the cat would spend her time playing in the long grass in the garden. Then, in the evening, she'd sit at the back door and growl. The weeks turned into months, and it was with a suppressed sense of relief when I noticed that the last of my notices, stating, Found Cat, had been torn down. In the evenings, I would watch TV, and she would sit next to me on the couch. I tried scratching her behind the ears and running my hand down her back, but she'd jump up and run each time. We came to an understanding to just enjoy each other's company. Perhaps it was naive optimism, but one day, on a whim, I bought a cat toy. It was a small plush mouse, and when you dropped it on the floor, it would rock back and forward in a difficult-to-predict motion. I presented it to the cat, and she stared at it. Then she stared at me. Then she closed her eyes and went to sleep. She didn't want to play with mice, and she didn't want to be stroked. One day I received a parcel, not a package, mind, not a zip-tied, glued-up package from any internet retailer, a proper parcel, brown paper, tied with string. I don't even recall what it was. But after I'd finished unwrapping it, I went to throw out the packaging. As I walked to the bin, I felt a tug. I turned, and there on the floor was the cat, staring in barely-contained hunger at the string. I flicked the brown jute, and her muscles tensed. I dropped the string closer to the ground and she pounced, then, just as quickly, jumped backwards. I whipped the string closer to her and she ran, behind the couch, and then back out and leapt onto it. We played for hours. I don't remember falling asleep, but the next day I woke up on the couch, dizzy and confused. The cat was curled up next to me, gently breathing in and out. The twine lay abandoned on the floor. The next evening I grabbed the brown string... It was considerably worse for wear, but I whipped it across the floor. The cat looked at the string and then stared out the window. The magic was lost. She was far away again. I dangled it. I dragged it. But she would have nothing to do with it. I rummaged through my kitchen drawers. In the third drawer down, I found tape, scissors, bolts with no nuts, nuts with no bolts, and a ball of coarse green wool. I cut a length of it and draped it across the lounge room floor. She lay very still on the windowsill, but her eyes darted. I had her again. I gently tugged at the wool. Her muscles coiled, and she pounced. We played until the sky began to warm with the pre-dawn. On the third evening, I was ecstatic. I rushed home and burst through the front door. I grabbed a brand new length of green wool and rushed to entice the cat. She sat... She glanced over at me and then stared out the window. A cloud passed overhead and the afternoon light dimmed. I grabbed the old brown jute, but she wouldn't have a bar of it. I scoured the house and finally cut a coil of blue rope from the drapes in the back room. I barely made it down the hall when she leapt out of the shadows and hung off the length of thin rope. The next day she wouldn't touch it. But I'd come prepared, I had a whole bag of different coloured wools and cords. I soon learned that she had fine tastes. She stopped playing with the coarse wool. She wouldn't touch jute with a ten-foot pole. I could tell she was searching for the perfect string. I came home with stranger and stranger choices. Egyptian cotton, bamboo felt, violin strings. It was only a few weeks before I ran out of high-quality options. 
I'd spend my evenings on the internet desperately ploughing through knitting forums, macrame sites, trying to find a length of string that would rekindle her joy. Eventually I could find no more. I'd spent so much money on various ropes, strings and threads. There was nothing more. I tried to enthuse her with the ones we already had. I had 30 inches of Russian sable woven from the mane of rare horses. Like everything else, it was good for one night only. I missed our time together. I tried desperately to find a solution, but none came. Weeks went by, and then one night she was gone. No growling at the door. The chicken went uneaten. Six days went by. Each day I'd replaced the food in her bowl. At the end of the sixth day, I found her. She curled up in the back corner under the house. She was so tiny. I picked her up and cupped her in both hands. I tried to wake her up, but she lay still, softly breathing. The next morning, she was smaller still, and by the end of that day, she could fit inside a walnut shell. I carefully put her into a shoebox. The next morning I took her with me to work. In two more days she was the size of a grain of sand. She lay quietly on the slide. I slept in my chair. I couldn't go home to an empty house. A week later I could barely see her, breathing in and out under the electron microscope. I took notes. I journaled everything. She was vanishing before my eyes and there was nothing I could do but capture these last fleeting moments. The other scientists in the lab were fascinated. One of the theorists, Mike, especially so. The next day she was gone. Too small for me to see. Mike came in and found me weeping quietly. He gently touched me on the shoulder. I looked up, too miserable to wipe the tears from my eyes. He walked to the blackboard and showed me a mathematical algorithm too complex for me to follow. He said, here, this is matter, and this here is mass, and this here, this part is your cat. She's so small we can only theorize what's happening to her. I looked up through my tears. It balances, he said, with a grin on his face. Look, this is matter, this is mass, and here, this is your cat, playing with the perfect strings of reality at the heart of the universe. I would attest on a stack of the um, Bibles. No, no, no. Charles Darwin's book. Uh, Evolution of Species. Evolution of Species. No. no um... It's 
I, I would, and I would attest on a stack of the greatest show on earth by Christopher, Christopher, oh God, Christopher Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, Richard Dawkins, oh, forget this. I would want a stack of Bibles so I don't give a crap anymore. I'll, go, I'll get a stack of Bibles. Thank I'll get you. the Quran. The Quran, yes, that's I'll right. Get, uh, I'll get like, the Good News Bible. Good, no, King James, only King James. If I'm, if I'm King James, book, uh, King I'll James. get, uh, they came and took me to their planet nice. from the Raelian religion. All the um, Scientology, they must have a book, Scientologists must have a book. It's it's probably on a yeah, yeah it's thing. called um it's called uh, Battlefield Dian- Earth, isn't it? <laughs> Dianetics.